And that's the Maquis set. Yeah, some really powerful cards in that one. Yeah, I I really don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. Set really speaks for itself. I agree. Yeah, so let's bust open the third file, which looks like it's the Team Defiant, which is the, the whole infiltrator treachery. This is Team Enterprise. Oh, right. Remember, the Defiant is the one who did all the stuff from the original Starship Enterprise. Yes. Don't think about it too much. Right. Well, the, the goal here was provide new and enhanced strategies for infiltrators and treacherous personnel to disrupt and attack their opponent, including enhanced mechanics for Kazon, non-TNG Ferengi, and other underutilized factions. Give players new tools to defense against an attacking or disruptive opponent. That is a lot of stuff. It is boutique that has a lot of stuff trying to fit into a full set. Yes. L let alone a 15-card boutique set. So, uh, I think we should go to the individual cards and see how well they did. Uh, well, the on this one, we can't say, well, here's all the Federation TOS and here's all the Klingon TOS because we've got... 15 cards, and I think only about two of them actually relate to each other. Right. Well, I'm, I'm looking at this first card in the set, this hidden replicant, and he wasn't hidden. I wondered about that. The replicant was, you know, out for everybody to see. It's Miles O'Brien who was hidden. Yes. So, that little quirk aside, if an opponent's infiltrator is present, two personnel are killed, opponent's choice infiltrator is exposed, otherwise stops one personnel. Uh, probably only going to use this if you are using infiltrators, and you're probably going to try to set it up with another delivery beforehand. Well, the um, two personnel are killed, opponent's choice... Insanely, insanely powerful. Yeah, which means that your opponent is going to hope that they hit this early enough that you just don't have the infiltrator there. Right, if they know it's coming up. But I'd, I, I just rather have. I, I, I'd really just have it. I really feel it would be a stronger card if it didn't have the otherwise clause, and it just had the. You know, you had to make sure that you put it under mission that your opponent would attempt when you have someone infiltrating. Now, did it have to actually be infiltrated? Well, it, wow. says, it says that your opponent's infiltrator is present uh, and the infiltrator is exposed. Okay, so if my infiltrator is present but not actually infiltrating, can they be exposed? I, I, I'm not quite sure offhand. I don't think it's entirely workable just because the only way they're present is if they're infiltrating, I believe. If not, they're just one of your opponent's 
personnel on the planet. That's but, good. There is. It, okay, I'm, I'm going to have my monkey searching for this this point in time. Okay. Uh, there it is. Undercover agent. If. A Romulan ship is in play. Opponent may download to hear Sela or a Romulan with an infiltration icon. Uh, and that is a dilemma. So you could put the undercover, you could play Romulans, put undercover agent in front of this dilemma, and then go download whichever infiltrator you need to infiltrate their away team so that you know you have an infiltrator. And you don't have to worry about getting one there. Ooh. Well, the, the 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 other part of the equation is you're also kind of hoping that your opponent is playing an affiliation that is infiltratable. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of a given if they're playing Federation. If you're playing Romulan, Romulan refers to both the uh, species and the affiliation. Uh, so, your biggest one is Kel. Uh, he's got both Federation and Klingon uh, infiltration icons. And, spoilers, there may be somebody in this set who's got another one. And spoiler! <laughs> but um, for, for the affiliations that have a bunch of infiltration icons... This is a really good card to include. Yeah. So it would be a great card to include for Dominion or for Romulus. Well, uh, the the um the Federation infiltration icon does appear on a lot of personnel, including Federation personnel. Yeah, th this one needs refining. And then um, we have another dilemma that made me wonder how many liquidators are in the game. And what have we found out? Well, other than the infiltrator who's spoiler down the page, Brunt is the only other liquidator. So you, you can download a really powerful personnel. Yep. But, well, if kill, lose nine points. So not only does your opponent get Brunt, if you go ahead and kill Brunt, you lose points. Well, you, you, if you kill Brunt within three turns. You lose nine points. That gives you plenty of time to go get Brunt and then get him away. Yes. The sooner you get him away, the sooner the rest of the game doesn't matter. Well, the the other thing is, when your liquidator is there, your personnel may not use special download and can only use printed skills. 
I, I don't like how this discourages the use of equipment. That's true, because you wouldn't be able to use any skills that you gain from the equipment. Especially the factions that really do need that equipment to fill skill holes. Right, which, I mean, that was the original purpose of equipment in the first place. You have a cheap way to fill those skill holes so that not every affiliation had to have everything. Right. But I do like how there's a way around that if you're willing to lose the points. Unless you are yourself right, because then you can't attack the liquidator. Right. But, you know, I guess it actually makes sense that the liquidator is better against Ferengi than he is against other affiliations. Right. And the, the other thing that I like about this dilemma is it's a nice downloader dilemma. I, I've missed those in the Deep Space Nine block. I've, I've missed them horribly, and we get one here. I agree with that. The, well, like the undercover agent that we were talking about uh, downloads an infiltrator. Uh, a good day to lie downloads Duros, which is how I tended to get him into play with a legitimate leader of the Empire Bank. And you're right, it's something that's just not in the DS9 block. Yes. Yes. So, um, now for a card that absolutely rules. <laughs> Well, um, there, there's precisely one more personnel who's FCA than is a liquidator. Oops, two. Well, there's the aforementioned Brunt, but also Nilva and Krem, who's 22nd century, plus, well, plus Skan, who's coming up. In a bit, we'll get him, trust me, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But there, there's just very few personnel to put this, to play this on. But that's probably good, because it's a pretty powerful event. Once well, you get into play, once each turn, uh, if an opponent's personnel here is stopped, the opponent chooses to stand or to sit. Ne neither of which I'm too happy about. Yeah, perhaps I can just lean up against this computer console. <laughs> I'm not doing either one. <laughs> but um, the, the good news is with this game, you can go into the negatives. So even if your opponent doesn't have any points, they don't want to lose anymore. And if your opponent has sat there and figured out, if I complete this mission, this mission, and this mission, I get to exactly 100, then you're probably going to be scoring three points at a time. Right. Me meaning, meaning with enough time, you've got... means it's not going to take too long for you to get those 15 points that you need. And there, 
can't be worse than sitting there at 98 or 99 points. <laughs> and hoping time runs out for the true tie. I, I do like how you kind of have to have your FCA personnel and also, in theory, a ship be used as a resource for this to work. Right, because your FCA person follow your opponent's personnel around and you know, wait for them to get stopped. But it does say here, not present, so the personnel can be stopped anywhere at the mission. Right. So my FCA guy on my ship can call down to your guy on the planet. Would you like to sit or stand? Well, the other thing is, Ferengi ships don't have the best shields. So if you're able to blow them out of the sky, you can go ahead and just blow them out of the sky. That's true. Which brings us back to this being better against Ferengi than under affiliation since you couldn't attack them. Yes. Starting to notice pattern here. The FCA is not good against Well, I, I do like how with these two cards, it's specifically keeping TNG Ferengi out of the equation. I, I can't imagine a TNG Ferengi that could use, that could either be a liquidator or would have FCA Without going so far out of the box, it would just cry out foul. Right. At best, you could get somebody to be FCA with some stretch of the imagination. Liquidator would be pretty far out there. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that these are going to be limited to DS9 personnel. Uh, that said, they're not limited to reshape the quadrant if you are playing uh, full-on Ferengi you know, from all sorts of different shows. Right. You can play this. Or 22nd century Ferengi. Right. But um, looking at Agents of the Obsidian Order, my, my thought was... Okay, this event is a card play. Obsidian Order Personnel is a card play. That's two card plays that I'm down. Why not just play Surprise Party? Uh, well, the best chance I can give you is you could play both. Uh, that's probably not a very good answer, though. Uh, you're right. Playing this card is a card play. The Obsidian Order personnel may be free depending on the situation. Um, but then you have to get them to your opponent's facility. Which may be as easy as, hey, I'm at Garrett's Sailor Shop and you have Deep Space Nine. Or maybe your opponent has a Ferengi trading post and you know, anybody can use it. Or maybe your opponent's facilities are in other quadrants and not matching your affiliation and that would be practically impossible. Right, that, that's an awfully long way to go to get an extra card draw. And uh, this is unique, which I don't know that really needs to be unique because it wouldn't be cumulative anyway. 
Right, and if it were cumulative, that would just be entirely too broken. Yes, then it would sway from, oh my gosh, this is too much stuff, or to, okay, it's set up, I'm drawing my whole deck. Well, not not just that, but um, there there is a universal sitting order TNG icon personnel. There is a Universal Obsidian Order DS9 personnel as well. Right, but we, we, g- given how powerful TNG is right now, an extra card draw ma- makes them even more obs- insanely powerful. Right, you can play Taken Prisoner and still get all the TNG bonuses plus this. But with it being unique, not cumulative, and the possibility of your opponent's facility not being readily accessible, it, I think it's just too many hoops to jump through to rely on this. You know, maybe throw it in just in case. Yeah, if you have an obsidian personnel in your deck, I, I can see a lot of people just tossing one in, especially with a Deep Space Nine Cardassian deck. And maybe throw it out to mutation. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's probably better in a Deep Space Nine deck anyway, because if your opponent takes over Terrence Nor, suddenly you know, that's their facility. Right. And if you're, like you said, if your guy is just hanging out in Garrick's Taylor shop, just play this and enjoy your extra card draws. Right. And being in Garrick's Taylor shop, can play at other sites, or excuse me, not to other sites, but you can play anybody to Garrick Sailor Shop if you've got the Obsidian Order Treachery personnel there. Right. And um, we, we've also got an incident called Plans of the Kazan Nistrum. Speaking of being in entirely other quadrant? Yes. It's odd that this. I mean, this does kind of seem a little out of left field here. With, yeah, playing on your Kazan outpost, although you could, in theory, build one in the Alpha Quadrant and then download Kala. Although by that point, you're probably just so far behind the eight ball, you're... Well, for one, you're playing Kazan. Yes. And not only are you playing Kazan, you're playing Kazan with an outpost, not with Voyager. Yes. I mean, this does seem like a good way to get out a really strong personnel early on. It, it does do that. It allows you to follow a turn one, uh, which is really good because that uh, means you have your Maj for the Kazan. Well, not, not just a Maj, but a Maj that's good for 80% of the reportings. Um, but speaking of nice personnel, you can get a Tirna or a Kazan personnel with matching infili- infiltration icon directly to the sh- opponent's ship in the same quadrant as Kala. There's Kazan with infiltration icon? Yes. I, I imagine that we'll probably get to that at some point. 
Oh, look, I've got a nosebleed. That's probably not good. But that, that does seem like a long-winded way to say you're Kazon affiliation infiltrator. Well, it's not just an infiltrator. That's a map that infiltrates an icon. Uh, so you can only infiltrate certain... Right, ones that match, ones that match the infiltration icon, which is, you know, th thank goodness Tierna's name, because if your opponent doesn't have a matching infiltration icon, yeah, that's that's your choice right there, is Tierna. Uh, that said, Tierna's a really good choice because you can proceed to download a bomb. Yes. Which will conveniently kill Tierna. Who you can report again. Mm. Mm. And pull a bomb out of his other thumb. Well, he only gets to do the special download once per day, even if it's two different copies of them. Right. Good point. So, thank goodness for that. Yes. But, uh, yeah, you, you can definitely... And, and probably would use this on Tierna. Don't uh, don't hope that your opponent happens to have the right ship. Just go ahead and stop Tierna and go try to blow people up. Right. Uh, and then, well, let's see. Nope, doesn't have computer skill. I was thinking he might be able to take over the ship afterwards. Well, if he has treachery, you can reflection therapy him. Oh. Which makes perfect sense, right? People who bomb things should totally be honorable. Yes. Well, spe speaking of the kind of the gambling aspect of this card, you get to select one scale from your opponent's personnel, present with your infiltrator, and give color that skill. Right. And Plus, your opponent has to have the skills that you need for your mission attempts. Exactly. Or for their goals. Good point. Uh, all of this is dependent on your opponent being close enough to you in the first place, which means there's a good chance you're going to be alpha partner to do this. Right. If only there were some way to get my Kazon ship into the Alpha Quadrant. Hey, we haven't gotten to this card yet. Oh, sorry. But um, th this, this is fairly stockable even if your opponent doesn't cooperate with you or is playing Gamma Quadrant. Yeah, I, I would see this just to be able to download yeah, it's, it's an incident, but it, it would work just as well as an event. That's a lot of text for an event. Of course, I think there's a lot of text on here that it doesn't really need to. Yeah, this this seems overly complex. It's, it's not overly complex, but it seems overly complex. Yeah, 
And I think that's just because it, it does pretty good thing. You know, it does the downloading of Cola, it does the reporting of Tierna, and then it does this whole skilling skill skills. So it, it's going off in three different directions on one card. That might be better served as two or three different events rather than one incident. Yeah, and I, I don't really see how this really ties into the plans of the Tal Shiar or the plans of the Obsidian Order. Nope, just happens to have a similar... Right. Plus, in terms of the picture, we, we already have the Kazan affiliation icon as a picture. And, and we already have the Kazan aboard the Bridge of the Voyager as a picture. Which is a funny picture, but maybe they should have come up with a different name for the card. Yes. Or just base it around maneuvers, maybe. Uh, if you do manage to get your case on to the Alpha Quadrant, or Gamma, Delta, but all the different quadrants, they could be everywhere. Yeah, okay, that was a long way to go. Yes. <laughs> the next card is... We're everywhere. Um, which is more fun with infiltrators. Yeah, but this um, this this does allow you to once per game relocate your personnel with an infiltration icon to any facility of the same location and they gain the infiltration icon matching that facility. Oh, well, that's how you get your agents of the obsidian order to work. Yes. Pre presuming that they have the infiltration icon to begin with. But in this case, they just have to have infiltration and they gain whichever one that happens to yeah, does, does that make it a little too easy to enable all the wacky stuff that infiltrators can do? It might. Especially with this set giving you more stuff to do with the infiltrators. Because your opponent is going to have a facility that is going to match the affiliation of some, if not all, of the personnel they have in play. Right. Of course, I say that and watch my first opponent's going to be playing the Rogue Borg and have no, some, some weird combination of Rogue Borg and Bajoran Resistance Cell. <laughs> they have six Bennett missions and no facilities. Yeah, well, in, in that case, yeah, I, I do like how it does speed up the infiltration deck. Although it it does kind of make the infiltration deck a little easier, I I just rather you know download your personnel with an infiltration icon to your hand. That could work. Um, the the catch twenty two with infiltration is you you gotta have somebody with the right icon, but then letting people gain whatever icon 
gets a little too powerful. So I'm not real sure how to balance that. Well, I, I, I do feel like infiltration should be a gamble. There's really powerful things you can do, especially with counterintelligence. There, there, there's some, you know, issue orders. There's some really powerful stuff that infiltrators have access to. I'm just not sure giving them this jump start is the way to go. Especially since, well, not just that, but you also need to remember the infiltration icon that they gain. And in the case of the Claystron Outpost, you have to remember both infiltration icons. Or would you only gain the infiltration icon for whichever mode it's in at the time? Well, the, the facility has both infiltration icons. It matches, uh, although it only has one at the time, it's also printed there. More, more fun for rules. Yeah, we'll pitch that question to them. But um, also your um, infiltrator forces your opponent to lose points. Sorry, 10 points. Yes. Um, which, they just completed a mission, so, you know, they're net positive points, but uh, combining that with the higher the viewer or other point loss mechanics... Well. I'm I'm just really not a fan of having your opponent lose the points. Like I understand what they're trying to do here, but I just think point loss should be something you do to get a benefit, not something you do to your opponent, especially with ten points. Yeah, ten points. Um, think about it. That's right there. And I would argue that most decks are not set up to go to 110 every time. But that that could get a little rough. Or or if they are set up to go to 110, they probably have plans for their own point loss. Right. I mean, generally, if my deck can go over 100, it's just because there's no other way for me to mathematically do it than by going over. But a, another huge problem I see with this card is you've got two functions that are essentially once per game, and it's an incident. Why isn't this card an objective? <laughs> Good question, because you are actually trying to accomplish something. And they could have done this without the big red or honestly. They could have had it where it goes on the infiltrator once you put them at their facility. Right. I mean, this this just screams overpowered. But at least you won't see it coming. It's a hidden agenda. Wait a minute. That doesn't make it any better. Yes. All right, let me get over my Men in Black patented Mind Wipe Eraser to get rid of the last five seconds of my life. And um, we'll look at Defy Orders, which is an interrupt. So you can either have your opponent run away from the battle that they started, which 
that ties back into their stated goal of giving you defense against armadas. Or you can nullify issue secret orders. Well, I, I understand wanting to avoid battles, although with this card, it's once per game, so you're not going to be doing it all the time. It's a nice little reprieve, but battles are one of the main pieces of interaction in this game. Well, the, the other nice thing about it is they get their full range. So if, if you're chasing your opponent and finally manage to catch up to them, I can use this and move closer to the missions I'm trying to attempt anyway. Um, oh, well, hold on. No, I'm confused. So you're, you're ferrying personnel... You're stopped in the middle of doing that. I initiate battle, and because I'm initiating it, you can force my ships to move away. Yes, you have to run away. Meaning you could, and you just hope that I go in the direction that you're not going in, because this is once per game. Right. Although, it, it does, does it cancel... Because would I then get to? I guess what I would do next turn is run away. Because if you moved your entire range that way, I could move that way. But then if you've got more than one ship, you could split. Right. Which, if I'm trying to blow up your ship out of the sky point blank, I'm probably have. Several there. Probably. Unless but I... Or or and I, I do believe that the um, battle is cancelled because it plays at the start of the battle and opposing ships here instead. Okay, so there, there then is no battle. Yeah. Well, perhaps the more important part of this card... As far as this set is concerned, is you get to nullify issue secret orders. You know, it it, it kind of seems like that was just tossed in there at the last minute. I mean, I I can see you stocking that in your deck specifically to nullify issue secret orders. Issue secret orders is from another storyline entirely. Right. Although, again, Issue Secret Orders is one of the best cards for interaction. Sure. I guess uh, some players don't want as much interaction, so they'll use cards to avoid it. Yes. But then again, with this only being once per game, it's only a temporary gain until your opponent can do what they want. Right, if your opponent has enough to blow you out of the stars, then they're going to catch up with you. 
unless you can somehow fly off one end of the space line and onto another. So speaking of the power of orders, we then get to the power of the caretaker. It's an interesting use of the alternate universe icon to create a storyline that never happened even in any alternate universe that I'm aware of in Star Trek. Well, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that this needs an alternate universe icon. I mean, couldn't they just sneak into the array ten years before Voyager came over, which is still in the modern time frame? You know, wait until the caretaker's on a coffee break or sleeping and just use the array to move the ship. Thank you. Uh, that could happen, or, you know, the caretaker array could be in play in this game. Uh, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't be able to play this on the Caretaker's Array. And if we go with the conceit that the Caretaker's Array could still be in play, and we're playing Voyager stuff, then you know, why would it need the AU icon? If the Array is still there, then why can't they use the, that power? Yeah. So, not, not entirely sure that icon needs to be there, plus if you're playing... Um, Delta Quadrant, you'll need the AU door, but, or just hope that you're not playing any AU cards. I mean, just a AU is more of a hinderment in the Delta Quadrant than anything else. Right, yeah, this isn't like this where you know, this one seed card will let me play all of these cards. Most of my cards have the AU Right. But the, I, the, the good thing about this card is it's a nice way to get around You Are a Monument. Right. You can shoot yourself into the Alpha Quadrant to complete that last mission to put yourself over 100 points and not have to worry about You Are a Monument. Well, the, the thing is, it being an interrupt, you, you better hope that you either have another ship ready to go or that your personnel aren't stopped or die. That's true. Uh, so I recommend lots of tiny ships. Yes. Well, with, with Kazon, that's not an issue. They're all based around the boarding pod and all that. Which is an interesting way to do it. You can put everybody in the boarding pod rather than on your big ship. Of course, for that matter, you could actually pile everybody, including the boarding pods, onto a big ship. Right. Well, for, for that matter, since there's an AU icon here, what about your Staff Federation ship? Right. I mean, there's an AU icon on here. You know, if the Voyager had been a little more to the left, Janeway would have died on the bridge. Chakotay could have easily taken over Voyager and just used that. Yeah, 
And I have no doubt that Rudolph Ransom and that crew, given the opportunity, would have the caretaker of my home. Yeah, yeah, you're dying. Don't care. How does this thing work again? Just push OK. You're dying? We can help you with that. Here, let's put you in our engine. I'm not compatible. Shut up. We're putting you in our engine. So we do the all alien life. But you're not all human on this ship. Doesn't matter. <laughs> and then we actually do have a little objective to consider for industrial espionage. Um, Yes. Yes, it is. And e either way, it doesn't really need a hidden agenda icon because this is an arms race. You're, you're there to steal stuff in order to keep up. Well, with the TOS logo, it's probably uh, the Enterprise incident, so that they could. Oh, they're stealing the device. Okay. Yes, they're they're stealing that device that's positioned in the middle of the room, that the Romulan commander walks in and has no idea what it is. The very inconspicuous large device labeled cloaking device. Yes. Unplug me, compatible. USB port is compatible with the Federation. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, when I first read Industrial Habitat, I wasn't thinking of spaceships. I actually of uh, the Tegan family from DS9. With, uh, from, uh, right, Prodigial Daughter. Prodigial daughter. Oh, yes. Uh, but I guess I was wrong. Yes. Well, that they, they could actually use that on this card, although we didn't actually see any espionage in that episode. Then again, we didn't see Shatner carrying around this five-pound prop in the hallway either. And, and just hope to heck you remember that for the rest of the game. Right. Little guy on it. Yes. Well, I, I, I do like how it's... This does seem pretty balanced. You know, once per game. Um, only a three equipment cards. I, I, I don't like how, once again, we're taking away something that your opponent might really, really need to help fill in those skill holes. Should just split up their equipment 
so that you can't get it all at once. So well, make sure they have more equipment to play after you've stolen some. Right. Or even just use um, equipment that's no use to you whatsoever. Starfleet phaser. Right. Well, there were certainly more verbs in this set than in the last one. Right, but that doesn't mean that this set is entirely without its nouns. Right, and we start off with a Cardassian who's not actually a Cardassian. Right, a Kobolid. Sorry, Kobolid female. Sorry, hot, sexy Kobolid female. Good point. This is Yatepa, who was recruited into the Obsidian Order and apparently can infiltrate the Federation and the Majorans. Right, although I'm sure this card would still work if she were not aligned, had intelligence instead of Obsidian Order and didn't have the infiltration icons. That could still work. Uh, I, I could actually see her as dual affiliation, not aligned Cardassian. I mean, I, I didn't really get the impression in this, in the episode, that she worked solely for the Cardassians. Yeah, she was more just for hire. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw her on Cardassia, but she was dismissed pretty quickly... And she she wasn't wearing a Cardassian uniform or anything like that. Sure. But I, I imagine if you're using this personnel, you are pretty much using her for not necessarily her skills. Right. She's got two good downloads, uh, one of which comes from this set, the Agents of the Obsidian Order, uh, which is an excellent card to put on her. Uh, because she's got those two infiltration accounts. Right. One of which is going to be probably the most commonly useful infiltration icons in the game, the Federation one. Yes, with, with Federation you're almost guaranteed that there will be someone in the waiting that you can infiltrate. Uh, and then, of course, you could combine that with we're everywhere uh, to get her with the agents of the Obsidian Order on your opponent's facility to get your card draws. Right, so re- really nice personnel here. Helps helps with a lot of things, both in the set and in the game already. You know, she'll, she'll really help you with your get your infiltration deck, your Obsidian Order deck, your Cardassian deck up and running pretty quickly. I'd, I'd be willing to have her strength be a little lower. She, she didn't seem especially adept at combat, and she did a lot of just kind of standing there. I could see that. Uh, I think seven's acceptable. 
I don't think I'd go any higher. Right, definitely not. But speaking of personnel who do have higher strength... Abnormally high strength. Uh, the next card is Odo, who is dual affiliation Federation Bajoran. Yeah. H- how do you feel about him being... Federation affiliation. I get that it's from the Combrant Paradise Lost where he was working with the Federation. Uh, he was working on Earth. But I'm still I, I'm on the fence about it. He, he may have been working with the Federation, but he certainly didn't join the Federation. Especially with someone who could easily put on a Starfleet uniform. I mean, he just has to think it and it happens. And he refused to do it. He would go in his Bajoran part. Right. Well, I, I do feel like this personnel could have worked just as well if he had in this restriction box may work with Federation. Yes, that would have been just fine for the flavor of okay, yeah, he's on Earth working with the feds, but really he's not Federation. Yeah, and um, especially, I, even if he were Federation, I don't think he'd be Federation Bajoran. I think he'd be Bajoran Federation. Um, I'm not going to that because I don't know exactly how the, uh, the card builder works, if it'll default to one or the other uh, when you're doing a duel. Affiliation personnel. Good point. But. So, I agree. I would have his primary order be Bajoran, but it doesn't really affect gameplay. Right. And, and this is a great card to have if you think your opponent's going to be infiltrating. Yep. You can either nullify a home front or download caught red handed. But you, you could do both. That's true. That's even better. And since he is a shapeshifter, the exposing and possibly capturing of your opponent's infiltrator is all the easier. Yes. Plus, the law is good to have in any deck. security. Right, so, you know, even if your opponent isn't frequent for using infiltrators, this is still a nice card to use. Right, all you need now is two leadership and you can get past friendly fire. Yeah. And then we have a um, Michael Jonas, who we've actually already seen in this competition. Right, yeah, it's it's actually quite different, and I've got to say, I do like this one a little better. Michael Jonas has the Marquis icon, which one might expect, uh, having come from the Marquis. There's also a dual affiliation Federation Kazan, which, unlike Odo, makes perfect sense. Yes. 
There, there's your Federation infiltration icon, which you're expecting. And there's also stuff to be a thorn in your opponent's side. The, these are all useful skills. He downloads counterintelligence, which can subtract those skills. And if he's on your opponent's ship, it's all attributes minus two. Yes. This isn't a card you want to have helping your people out. It's a card you want to have hurting your opponent. Exactly. If he's still on your side of the board, you're doing it wrong. Plus, it's always nice to give really cool stuff to the Kazon. It is, yes. Yes. And then we um, come to Scrawn, who is a trainee liquidator in the Tower of Commerce and ma makes money regardless of whether or not you breathe. <laughs> breathing is extra. Yes. What about not oh, breathing? Bre breathing? Breathing is free, but there is an air surcharge. Yes. Well, uh, Strom is a liquidator for the purposes of the 109th rule of acquisition. It's a good thing, too, because he can download the 109th rule of acquisition. Yes. I, I like how this is just some random guy who's low on the totem pole. Skills are precisely what you probably have in your Ferengi deck, plus a little bit of law. Nice download. F fits in perfectly with the affiliation. I like it. Yeah, I, I would use them primarily for that download. Start insisting that your opponent stand up or sit down. <laughs> and have everyone else in the playing area wonder why the heck you're standing up for five hours. But I do like how even after you use the download, you've still got a good use of this personnel, including a pretty nice cunning. Yep, and uh, strength of six, it may not be that long about for Frank, but it's not bad for Frank. Yeah, they're Ferengi. You don't inspect them to have 35 strength. I've, I've got to say, th this card confuses me to no end. I agree. I'm, I'm presuming that this is a person, a persona of Tom Paris. It is. Uh, or at least it appears to be the Tom Paris isn't involved, but I think that is uh, merely an artifact of the format that it's in. Right. But um, I'm wondering... 
I, I saw the Kazan affiliation. I'm like, he wasn't working with the Kazan in this episode, was he? No, he was infiltrated. And he pretended to be kicked off the ship, so he was pretending to be not aligned so that he could infiltrate the Kazan as a Federation agent. But but the thing is, he didn't give up his commission. No, no he didn't. I mean, gr- granted, Tom did later on, quote-unquote, give up his commission... And of, of all the crew on Voyager, I imagine he would be the one that would be willing to give it up. Which is why he went on this mission in the first place. It was the most believable person. Oh, no. The, I, I, oh, right. Right, I'm, I'm thinking of basics, not the second season arc. Yeah, this is the one where Tom pretended to get kicked off the ship. Right, and joining in the Teclassian convoy. Well, in in that case, it would make sense for him to be Federation and then infiltrate non-aligned. Or infiltrate Kazon. I would say Kazon. He only went uh, to get to the Kazon. Yep. Or, or even the famed triple personnel... Federation, non-aligned, Kazon. Dun, dun, dun. And there, there's enough room in this title bar to put in all three affiliation icons. I don't know. Tom is a really long pick. Yes. You have affiliation icons as letters in yeah. the name. Um, but, I, I would personally, I wouldn't give him the non-aligned icon. Right. I would. The case on Icon, you might be able to justify with things like Will Riker having the non aligned Icon when he's kind of infiltrating Baron's crew, but he doesn't have the infiltration Icon. Right. So I, I think you either make him Federation case on. Or you make a federation with the Kazon Nikon, or infiltration Nikon. But not dual federation, not dual Kazon, Kazon infiltrator. Right, because then he's infiltrating himself. Yes. But I, I do like how this gives super navigation to the Delta Quadrant. That's true, that's a very useful thing, having uh, double navigation as your first listed skill. But um, exposing one infiltrator here, that that's something you're going to have to either hope that your opponent is doing, or put him in the Alpha Quadrant with the hopes of exposing an infiltrator. Personally, I would use him and hope that I never have to use that ability. Yes. I'm certainly not going to use him just for that ability. Unless my meta is just overrun with infiltrators. Yes. Well, I imagine that's why he's not aligned with navigation times too. You can put him in your deck and not be entirely screwed over if your opponent doesn't cooperate. Plus, there's 
nice cunning and strength. Right, but that only works in the Delta Quadrant. Or I guess you could temporal micro wormhole him into the Alpha Quadrant. Which, which just kind of seems like a waste of temporal micro wormhole. Right. Yeah, again, unless your opponent is, or unless your meta is just overflowing with infiltrators. Well, the, the, this expansion aside, the infiltration icon is pretty prevalent in TNG. Plus, if, if you're playing Dominion, you might be infiltrating. But on the other hand, your opponent has to know the infiltration rules. This involves reading large sections of the glossary. Yes. Depending on your meta, that may be the biggest barrier. <laughs> And then we get to Centaurian Kirk. A card that I believe many, many people would love to see. Kirk with 20 years. Yes. And I'm, I'm again presuming that this is a persona of Captain Kirk. Exactly. Uh, I believe that should be both there. It just isn't because, well, I'm not sure that... Card builder does that. <laughs> At this point, I think we've seen enough uh, more that should be bold that isn't. Yes. That that, that that is in fact the case. Yeah. Do Do you think he should be Romulan Federation? Um, similar to Tom Paris, I think he should either be Romulan Federation without the infiltration icon, or he should be Federation with it. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd lean more towards the latter just because he, he wasn't helping out the Romulans. He was specifically there to steal the cloaking device. Right. The, the only justification for making him is, again, going back to the Will Riker effect of, of gaining the affiliation that you're infiltrating into instead of gaining the infiltration account. Well, he, he, even there, he was still kind of helping the Stone of Gaul team find the artifacts. True. And Centurion Kirk was not in any way shape or form doing that. Right. And I, I do like how this does kind of fit the mold of the other Captain Kirks that we have in the set, being that the skills are absolutely nothing to write home about at all. <laughs> right, but then we have two very good downloads. Two, two very good downloads, but with, with with the with the character, I think it should be one or the other. You know, either download a TOS, either download the cloaking device, or steal one. You really shouldn't get both. That makes sense. You can end up with equipment out of this guy. One from your deck and three from your opponents. So I, I, I hate to say it, but... Well, I'm, I'm also wondering why this Romulan-affiliated Kirk has a command star. You know, I've, I've never seen you board this ship before, but you've got the clothing, so... Okay, I'll fly my ship into a star, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. We'll follow you into the neutral zone. No problem, Centurion Kirk. What a coincidence. One of our major enemies is named Kirk. 
one of the guys has embarrassed us on two major incidents that are all over the news. Sure, come on! Because it's something you can only do once per game anyway. You don't need the extra copy. Right. I mean, I, I, I do feel overall that, that this is a pretty decent set to put together. It, it, it just needs some more fine-tuning overall. I agree with that. There's, of course, this isn't the first time we've had some issues with good personnel be dual affiliation or should they not. Um, to be honest, having gone through all the individual cards, there's more cohesion here than I originally thought there was. Well, there, there, there is. I mean, this. the thing is, this doesn't seem like a complete set. I think I agree with you there. Like you, n number one, the, you could easily think of stuff to fill in the other 40 slots. And the, the whole Ferengi stuff doesn't really fit in with the infiltrating stuff. Right, which goes back to feeling like it's part of a bigger set. When you have a 54-card set, like uh, the one in the second file that we looked at, then you have some room to add stuff that doesn't necessarily support your major theme. In a 15-card set, not so much. Right, especially in a 15-card set, which are usually specifically designed for a specific reason. You know, you, you don't need all those extra cards. And while, while I do appreciate that this expansion does have ways to hurt infiltration as well as help infiltration, it, it, it just kind of goes away from the theme. Right. You know, we've got helping infiltration, hurting infiltration... And then some FCA stuff, which, you know, the FCA stuff is only three cards, but in a 15-card set, that's one-fifth of your set. Right, and also the the Delta Quadrant stuff kind of feels a little bit thrown in, too. I think it's more forced than just thrown in. Right. Because you know, it does deal with infiltrators, but it almost feels like it shouldn't deal with infiltrators. Like, it only deals with infiltrators because they were trying to fit it into the set. Yeah, I'd, 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 I... Actually, there might be enough to fill in an entire set just of Delta Quadrant infiltration. There could be if... I mean, if we're going to Tom Paris infiltrating... Michael Jonas, you could do, uh, I mean, your plus plans of the case on Nystrom, that's, again, a bit of your set. Start adding in some other, yeah, add in 
uh, uh, what's her name? You know who I'm talking about. The other commander of Voyager. Chakotay, Janeway. No, the Kazan one. Uh, Seska? Seska. You, you know, the majorly important character whose name is Hickson. Oh. <laughs> Throwing Seska, you know, being all sneaky on Voyager before she officially joins the Kazan. Uh, do some of the Voyager crew infiltrating the Borg ship in Unimatrix. Yeah, I, I think you could do it. So, um, are, are we giving the win to Team Defiant with the original the series-themed expansion? I think so. Um, I don't think it's a fair cut. I, I don't think that one team is just running away with it and you know, there's just no comparison, but I do think I would give a pilot to Team Defiant. Yeah, but both teams did their work. They, 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 they've both put together some nice sets, you know, but both of them could use refining. You know, design isn't about making a card that's ready to go tomorrow. It's about getting a card ready to go so that rules and playtesting and creative and everyone else can soften it out. Right, and that, that's one thing that makes this challenge a lot harder than actual designing. You know, we're looking at plans of the Cates on Neastrom going, you know, maybe that should have a different card title. And that, that's definitely something that would be worked out over the course of several weeks, if not months, of different people looking at these cards. Well, I'm, I'm also wondering, what is, why, why does this set have to come out now? What, what is it about infiltration that has to happen at this point when we're in the middle of the Deep Space Nine block? Right, a continuation of those themes. This doesn't really give infiltrator, infiltrators anything especially new or make it really stand out especially amazingly so. Right, I don't look at this and suddenly say, oh, I should go build an infiltrator today. Whereas looking at the other theme, I can say, you know what, I can put these cards together and do a DOS deck out of this. Whether it be Klingon or Federation, or even Romulan, a couple of other parts. Right. But we'll definitely have to make sure that we vote by Friday, May 16th at 11.30 Eastern Time. Yes, we will. All right. Um, I believe that takes care of most of it. Um, we do definitely want to thank um, the judges for putting in all their time and effort to do this. Also, Charlie, who's probably put in an inordinate amount of time running this whole thing, both in front and behind the scenes. Um, thank you to the contestants for their hard work. And always thank you to Corbin Johnson for posting this on the iTunes. Um, I'm Ross, faithful reader for Tell. And I'm Nathan Deutsch. And enjoy. <laughs>